Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great week. Let's do a little bit of a check-in. How are we doing today? How's our mental health? What might we need? Do we need to rest more? Can we take a walk? Can we be finished with work for the day? Can we take a bath, close the door, lay in our bed, play some music, turn the lights down, light some candles? What can we do that is going to kind of soothe us and ground us? The answer is usually we have to back off of all of our responsibilities. Do we need to add maybe some joy or pleasure into our day? Can we go get that ice cream cone, go get that candy bar? Can we maybe binge watch that TV show and just zone out? Can we lay there and read or listen to music? Again, we were trying to do something restful. We want to do something rooted in joy and pleasure. Is there a leisure activity we need to put a little more time and energy and effort into? Go play some ball, go hiking, go work out. Maybe it's time to be done for the day. Um, but nonetheless, check in on yourselves. Ask yourselves what you need. Midweek check-in. Uh, I wanted to open the show by talking about different types of intimacy. I like this. The reason why is it gives us a couple foundational keystones so that we can assess, is there a form of intimacy lacking from our lives, from our relationships? And when I say relationships, I mean platonic, familial, social, romantic, erotic, all of them. And it also helps us assess maybe our partner, what they might need more of, what our relationship, what we might. We're going to maybe realize that one domain of intimacy is void completely from our lives. We need to find a friend that can, you know, really um, bring that in and meet us on that level. Or maybe it would be a missing level that we want to enhance or build in so we have a closer partnership with someone. So again, we're just checking in on ourselves first and on our different relationships. The beauty is that I'm always calling for more, um, more time with friends meaning be in your primary relationship. That partner cannot help you meet every level of intimacy, nor do they need to. That's why we have emotional intimacy with friends. Um, we want to have that deep, close, intimate relationships with people outside of our primary partnership, 100%. That's part of health. Um, when someone is brought into our life because of a relationship we have with them, our life should be made bigger, not smaller. Some people enter primary relationships and all their other relationships are booted out or shrunken down. We want to try to hold all of our different identities, still be a family member, still be a friend, still be a primary partner, maybe still be a parent. We've got to find time to tap into all of that. But I thought this was interesting because it brought up some uh, types of intimacy that might want more time, energy, or attention. And 
often some under-recognized ones. So we're going to start with the obvious ones, and then as we go through the show, we'll kind of build in the less obvious ones that I think some people never even thought to consider. One of them was really interesting for me, and I thought, ah, I have to pay more attention to that. I think the first off, the physical one's easiest. Uh, It's really easy for us to check in on that. How often are we touching and being touched? Because physical intimacy is about sexuality and eroticism, of course. It's also about sensuality, maybe massage, rubbing, certain forms of closeness, affection, holding hands, hugging, touching, leaning against, cuddling. And when I talk to couples about the physical intimacy, I always tell them it's a wide rubric under that umbrella. And it's anything affectionate, anything sensual, anything erotic. Romance can incorporate all of that. And we need touch. We are a very uh, touch-starved culture. And for those that aren't in a primary romantic partnership, um, maybe you're participating in hookup culture. For some, that's a great way to get their physical intimacy needs met. Um, I also want, whether or not you are married or in a primary partnership, I want us still to get platonic intimacy. I know that shocks people, but I want us to hug our friends, um, give our friends kisses, hello, and goodbye, hug them, cuddle, lean on them. What a beautiful thing to have access to, especially if you don't have maybe primary partnership where I hope you can see find that as a resource. Then especially we want to be able to get that from our friends and family members. Um, I love doing that. Whenever I visit with my mom, um, we hold hands when we walk at times. I cuddle up against her. It's a really beautiful way of connecting. Um, I also do that with my little brother, uh, very affectionate. And I have some friends that I'm very affectionate with, even when I'm in a primary partnership, because I am only in relationships with people that trust me and people that I trust. And so they're not threatened by me being friends with my exes, which is a beautiful sign of me valuing relationality and not burning things down and having good exit skills. And I still am very thoughtful and loving and affectionate with all the people around me. It's a beautiful sign. So more of that. But again, check in on that. When's the last time you were touched or touched? When's the last time you were cuddled? When's the last time you had your hand held? When's the last time you were massaged? Some of my uh, patients in my clinical practice, uh, getting a weekly or monthly massage is part of their self-care to make sure they're getting touched, their whole body being touched all areas of their body to imply that there's no right or wrong part of their body, always within consent, but uh, really trying to get those touch needs met. It's part of our nervous system's health. It's part of our psyche's health. It's, it's a human need, 100%. We have different various levels of comfort around touch, but we all need it. So ask yourself, when's the last time I touched and was touched? When's the last time I was cuddled? Is there a way to get more of that? Especially if I'm in a primary partnership, what a beautiful resource to have to co-regulate, to feel close and connected, to feel safe. Um, the most powerful tool for self-regulation and dealing with difficult emotions is co-regulation, which means the support and care and presence of another. It's easier for us to regulate and to feel safe when we have someone with us. They make us better. All right, stick around. We're going to talk more about it. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We got more to come. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we're back. Talk about intimacy and the various ways that it can exist in our lives. More importantly, looking at different domains to assess maybe where it's lacking or missing and kind of talking about how we can really amp that back up. It's an important part of our biological, psychological, and relational health. I think platonic intimacy, intimacy between friends is adorable and amazing and a beautiful resource. Some people get it from hookup culture. Others get it from family members, sometimes from a primary partner. Physical is a very easy domain of intimacy to understand. We all need it. Um, Try to get more of it, especially if you're in a primary partnership. How can we be touching every single day? There's so many different ways to do that. Think of it under that wide rubric of affection, sensual or erotic, tapping into all of those. Um, So many different ways to be physically intimate with someone. Um, Then we move into another form that's a little more familiar. As we go further, it's gonna get a little less familiar. And I I think these are interesting things again to check in on. There's the emotional. Uh, We'll kind of just say, again, some of these are a little intersecting and collapse, but you know, we're separating them out to the best we can. Another one's emotional. Now, that's equally as important. Uh, As I said, we are better off for the people that we have in our lives. Uh, The highest and easiest form of co-regulation is co-regulation, meaning with the care of others. Being touched or touching someone is a very powerful, meaningful way to do that. We know that pain is reduced and struggle is reduced and mood is enhanced when maybe we're going through something hard and we are holding someone's hand or they're there with us or close to us. So we wanna amp that up, but the emotional is a little different. Uh, Some of the key words are trust, feeling as though we can be vulnerable and transparent with someone, feeling seen, cared for, and respected, having people that empathize with us. So it really falls under our recognition as a person, having someone mirror back the important parts of who we are. Um, We'll talk more about that in another domain that it shows up in. But yes, in the emotional piece, we want to be surrounded by people that reflect back we have worth and value. That's an important part of emotional intimacy. That's why when I talk about toxic relationships, it's the opposite. People that actually reflect back that you don't have worth and value. People that name call, put you down, mock you, make fun of you, gossip you, remove them from your life immediately. That is psychologically toxic. That's bad for our bodies, our nervous systems, our brains. Get away from that. We need healthy emotional intimacy. Again, where we feel respected, cared for, validated. We feel trust. We feel safety. Lean into that. We need to have that. So what does that mean? Who do you go to through difficult times? Do you have access to people that in a non-judgmental loving way would sit and listen to you if you needed to share, process, or discuss something? If not, you might be lacking in emotional intimacy. Your best friend, your colleague, your brother, your, your primary partner, your husband, are those people that you have emotional intimacy with? If not, we need to find it somewhere. 
And maybe your partner stonewalls and is withdrawn and while you're working on that, you need to go to a friend to do that. Awesome, what a beautiful thing to have. Or we might realize, I wish I had more of that with a certain person or in a certain relationship. Start working on it. Instead of complaining about what's lacking, start to create what it is you wanna have. Say that all the time. If you don't think your partner's romantic and you want more romance, start doing more romantic things. That's a good way to normalize it, familiarize it, bring it in, and also to get it. Your partner will see that. You're modeling it. You're asking for it. You're demonstrating it. You want a really romantic Valentine's Day? Plan it. You want to start having more game nights and go to them? Throw one. Start being part of the solution. If you want more emotional intimacy, start offering it to people. You will get it back. Same thing with the physical. We don't want to feel so victimized by what's lacking in our relationships when we can start to create it, bring more of it in, request it, normalize it. People are busy. People are tired. People are burnt out. We often are unaware of what's missing. Often don't know what others or our partners need. We don't want to be mind reading, assuming or guessing. We need to tell. Tell people what you need and start to show them. Bring it in. So again, that's the emotional piece. We need to know that there's at least one person we can go to who will hold space for us when we're struggling and won't judge us or make us feel bad. That's what that work is. Then we move into one that's a little comparable. And this one comes up a lot for people like myself who very much value philosophy, academia, intellect is um, intellectual intimacy. Um, that is about more of the existential philosophical to some extent. That is about having those transformative, deeper conversations. It's not just about what shows you're watching. It's not just about talking about the kind of day you had, but really wrestling with and processing some of those deeper second phase of life issues. What am I doing with my life? How do I become a better partner? The things I'm thinking about, reading, philosophically struggling with, talking about values, um, deeper core belief systems. And again, that's going to bump into the next domain, but just staying in the intellectual intimacy. Do you have people in your life that you can talk to in a smart way? Do you have people in your life that you can talk to on a deeper level about topics and themes and things in your life that are really important to you that maybe have more meat to them? I love film. It's important to me to have friends in my life where I can talk very deeply and intellectually about the film and the deeper threads and meanings of it. That's different from emotional intimacy. I have tons of people in my life where, I've had a, where if I've had a hard day, I can go to them and they'll listen and I feel respected. But then I have other friends I go to that are a little bit smarter. They're more philosophical and I can go to them and talk about these larger things. Am I living the kind of life I wanna live? How do I feel about myself as a person? Talking about things I'm reading, difficult concepts I'm wrestling with. It is important for a lot of us to have that. Some people aren't so intellectual and they keep things at a more superficial level. What a bummer, because there's a whole deeper part of who we are that lies under that easy surface. Uh, but for those of us that very much value the intellect or our intellectual side, we need to have an outlet for that. And it doesn't have to be our primary partner. We can go find friends, we can join a group, we can do an online thing, we can go take a class. Um, those are some of those spaces where we might find some of those people that can meet us on the exact level. Because sometimes it's like skiing. I'm a skier. And it's not as much fun to go skiing with someone who hasn't skied before because I want to hit the black diamonds and crush it. And if I'm going with someone who hasn't skied before, they're going to need to spend the day and maybe the entire trip on the bunny slopes. That's not going to be fun for me. That's not what I'm looking for. So I only go skiing with people that have skied before because we can meet each other on the same level, go do our thing and have fun. And intellectualism often is the same. All right, we're going to talk more about this, y'all. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. More intimacy coming up.
Oh, Rachel, we're back talking about intimacy, all the different domains within which it can exist. And this is an important topic because some people feel lonely or alone. And they're like, why is that? I have friends, I have family members, I'm married. Why do I feel so alone? Well, maybe one of the domains of intimacy that is an important part of who you are isn't getting connected to, connected with, engaged. So we're talking about all the different levels, checking in on it. It's not always going to be your primary partner, nor does it need to be, nor should it be. Have friends, have family members, have other people that can connect with all the different parts of you. We were talking about the physical, cuddling, touch. We need more touch. We need way more touch, more handholding, more cuddling, more connecting, more leaning against. Then we were talking about the emotional. People that will hold space for us, that will listen to us talk about our feelings. They're not going to judge it. They're not going to shame it. We feel valued. We feel cared for. They reflect all that back. Awesome. Then we were talking about the intellectual. Some people are hyper-intellectual. They want to talk about the deeper threads of a movie they're looking at, uh, a movie they saw. They want to talk about a book they're reading or a philosophical concept they're struggling with. I love academia and intellectualism. I'm constantly reading things that are a little heftier. And I have, thankfully, friends in my life that I can go to to talk about those things that can meet me where I'm at. I don't need to dumb it down because that isn't going to meet my intellectual intimacy needs if I have to dumb it down and over-explain. There's nothing wrong with someone not being interested or intellectually able to meet you where you're at, but you need to go find that somewhere in someone. Not everyone values that but a lot of us do, I do, so I have people in my life who I can talk to about those things. It's important. We all know that. If you're a sports fan and your partner, some of your friends aren't into sports, you wanna go find someone you can go see the game with who will engage it and enjoy it the ways you do. Same thing with concerts. You know, it's fun to bring anyone, but it's even more fun if you bring someone who likes that band and that kind of music. You can talk about it. It's a different level. So we wanna have all these different needs met. And again, rarely will be met in the same person. That's why we get to have multiple relationships of different kinds in our lives. But the intellectual one is one that a lot of people don't think about. And they'll say, well, you know, my partner and I have a lot of, you know, physicality and, you know, we can talk about our feelings, but I often still feel like something's off or something's missing or alone in some way. And I'll say, is it the intellectual part? Can you talk to them at the level you want about a conversation, about a thought process, about a philosophy? about belief systems, whatever it might be, go find that in someone. The next one, and these are where they get a little more interesting, is spiritual intimacy. I thought that was actually really powerful. And it kind of has a little bit of the intellectual or emotional in there. So this is really talking about our inner world. Do we believe in a higher power? Do we believe in something higher or bigger than us? What are our values or ethics rooted in? Do you have values and ethics? Do you believe in a higher power? What are your morals? What do you think about prayer or meditation? What do you think about your internal unconscious world? People you can talk to on that level about your dreams. I mean, some of these, again, intersect and overlap, but I have friends that I can talk to about spiritual stuff, about the fact that there's a greater purpose than just my basic needs and what my values and my ethics are and about my spiritual practices and what I believe spiritually, which is a huge part of my life and is very much a compass that guides my decision-making. I've shared that on the show. I won't participate in things that cause harm to anyone. I won't participate in anything that's fat phobic or classist or racist or anti-sex worker or transphobic because I won't be a participant in any system or belief or institution that harms individuals. That's part of my spirituality. It's part of my belief in a higher power in the way that I see it. I have tons of friends, thankfully, that I can talk to about that stuff. And for those that have a spirituality or have a connection and, and really value their inner world or ethics and integrity is important to them, you wanna have people that you can talk to about that, that can relate to you on that level, that also value that. I'm always trying to be a better person. 
I want to have people around me that also think in those terms and that don't gossip, put people down and, and laugh at jokes that harm. Cause I don't think that that's okay. I don't think that's acceptable. I think everyone's responsible for whatever harm they cause, regardless of what their job is or what label they have. And so I have friends in my life that hold me accountable to that I hold them accountable to that. So think about that. Do you have a spiritual need that isn't getting met? Maybe join a community connect to other individuals, bring that topic up. You might be surprised at who also is able to meet you there and has been thinking about that and hungry to be, you know, um, engaged on that level. That's what was interesting to me. When I started being more open about different things I was doing in my life, I was surprised to hear that other people might've been interested or also participating in that, but I had never really made it a topic to find out who could also be a part of that. It's kind of like when I talk about my veganism and some people are like, oh, I'm vegan too. Or I've always been curious. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God I'm talking about it. There's other people that care about the impact they're having on the environment and animals and don't want to cause harm and are interested in health. And we can really talk about how all of those intersect in a plant-based diet. So that was important to me because my veganism is spiritual. It's environmental. It's my feminism. It's my politics. Um, and so again, like I said, for me, it was the intellectual, the emotional, and the spiritual that were really powerful physical. If I'm in a relationship, it's met. If I'm not, I participate in hookup culture. I'll get those touch needs met. I'm affectionate with my friends. I think platonic intimacy is awesome. Some of us have friends with benefits. So some of these will overlap and intermingle. We're not, we don't necessarily need to get them met. As I've said a few times, just in one source from one person, um, our lives should always be made bigger. The more people that come into it and getting married or having a primary partner doesn't need to shrink our worlds and remove people, someone else came in, it should get bigger and they should bring people in with them as well. So maybe it's even larger. Um, all right, we're going to come back, do some DMS, and then we'll get back to finishing up talking about different types of intimacy as a way to assess what might be missing from our lives. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right. Oof, this one's a long one. Hang in there, everybody. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm a longtime listener. Thank you for your work and your dedication. Thank you. It means a lot, truly. I do my best to be present, to bring good topics and material forward. So it's always nice to get a little validation. Thanks. Um, you said, I've been recommending you to my mom and she started listening to your podcast as well. Hey mom, <laughs> welcome to the Loveline family. Uh, you said my mom grew up in a house with abuse and alcoholism. My heart goes out because that is a very difficult dynamic for anyone to be a part of, especially as a child and the damage and the echoes of that can really be carried forward. You know, that really shapes us psychologically shapes our body shapes. Our nervous system might keep us hypervigilant. It impacts our sense of self how confident we are, what we think our worth is. It impacts how safe we feel around others and what we expect of them. Oh, it's pervasive. It's a lot. And sometimes it's something we carry with us for the duration of our lives. So that's why we say we got to be very thoughtful about how we interact with others, who we spend time around. Um, back to it. You said uh, her first marriage was with someone who's diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder and displayed very damaging emotional and verbal abuse to her and me. Again, my heart goes out because that's this perpetuation. And what you really hope is that as you move forward as an adult, that your future relationships really heal the damage that was done before and give us a sense of safety with others and that we trust people and we believe we're worthy of love. And when you instead leave a relationship like this one, it's the opposite. You're like, wow, am I not worthy of love? What's wrong with me? Why can't I find someone to care for me? Wow, I don't trust other people. Heartbreaking. 
you said she has now come to realize she's in an abuse cycle with someone she considered her best friend. She's discussed the incident where her friend crossed the line with her therapist and has decided she needs to end the friendship. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. Setting boundaries, taking care of yourself. That's a beautiful act of self-worth and healing of some of that trauma. When we start to take care of ourselves, we voice our needs, um, voice and choice. We start to decide what we want. We start to set boundaries. Ooh, that's that healing. You said, how can she end this friendship in a kind and ethical way without ghosting and also maintaining boundaries to protect from verbal and emotional abuse? I looked everywhere for your content on friendship breakups and can't find anything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I just love what you're inherently building into your question. You said, um, how can we do this in an ethical and kind way without ghosting? And that's such a beautiful thing because it says, even though this other person might not be healthy for your mom, you still have respect for them as a person and you don't want to just, you know, your mom doesn't want to just disappear. And I think that that's really valuable because I always tell people that you, you know, when you form a relationship with people, there is a level of responsibility. And um, we want to kind of vocalize what we need and set those boundaries. So it's hard. Um, I did a show a while back on friend breakups. I'll do another one just to kind of, you know, um, reinforce and remind. I, I tend to hit topics over and over. Um, but this is, I love the question though. So maintaining boundaries and protecting ourselves. So I always borrow this term from Buddhism from Pema Chodron, who's an American Buddhist nun. Her work is absolutely stunning. It has saved me. It has gotten me through very difficult times. It has helped me heal some trauma. And she has this concept of fierce compassion. Because I remember when I was running groups at a drug and alcohol treatment center, I would talk about boundaries and it just felt like such a harsh term for these individuals to do that with people they care about. And I said, well, it's fierce compassion is what we'll talk about then, where there's the fierce means there's a strength there's a, it is solid. You're setting that boundary, but it still can have care within it. It doesn't have to be said or done in a harsh way. It doesn't have to be done in an attacking way. It's not, you know, vomiting all the things that are wrong with that person on them. It's more saying, listen, this is very hard to do. I care so much about you. I'm also working on caring more for myself. I don't feel as though this friendship is healthy for us or healthy for me. And unfortunately I need to exit. I wish you all the best. Please take care of yourself. And if I see you, I hope to maybe wave or smile. There is no hatred within this. This is merely an act of self-care. And I wish you all the best. Um, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be harsh, but it is solid. It is finite. Um, there can be kindness within that, but you let you set that boundary. But most importantly, you hold that boundary. That's really what I think is most important. We sometimes set those boundaries, but then don't hold them. So that's what the work is really about. There's no easy way. It's going to be difficult. You make your needs known. You state what it is you want to be understood, which is this friendship unfortunately has to end, but I wish you all the best. And then you hold it. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we are back talking about different types of intimacy as a way to assess what might be missing from our lives? What might give us more balance? What might make us feel more whole? And also we need important parts of us mirrored back. So we wanna check in on these domains. We were talking about physical. We have physical needs. Yes, you do require touch. Uh, we have emotional needs. You need to have individuals around you that in a safe, non-judgmental way will hear you and process emotions. We also have intellectual needs, people that, people that can match us where we're at intellectually and have those deeper conversations. 
We also have spiritual intimacy needs, people that can help us connect to and talk about our inner world, our ethics, a higher power, your values and purpose, your faith, awesome stuff. That might be what's missing, finding people to connect, build community in those ways. And then finally, and again, remember, there's more domains, there's less domains, some of these blend, some of them collapse into each other. This is just how we're kind of spacing them out. But then there's also this sense of being out in the world and wanting to have someone that wants to do the same things you want. You can call it social compatibility, you can call it experiential intimacy, but it's about finding people that really move through the world in the way you do. It's a little vague, but we can expand it. Again, again if you're maybe outdoorsy, you, it might be important you to have people that you can enjoy and connect with who also value time away out in the world, hiking, camping, canoeing, whatever it might be. And a great, and again, it's great to bring someone who might be open to it, but it's different when it's someone who values it and seeks it like you do. Same thing in some other domains. It's not always about indoors or outdoors. I love art. I want to be around people that value art and can experience it and hold space with it and let it transform in the ways that I do. So it's one thing if I'm with someone who's like, yeah, cool, I'll check it out. It's another with someone who wants to sit and process and be impacted in it. Is that also folding in emotional, intellectual, and spiritual intimacy? For me, yes. But for some people, it's just experiential and shared experience where they're like, I want people. I also love horror movies and I like people that also geek out on it. So I have friends that will go see a horror film with me and we will talk about it and geek out on it and we can, you know, process the references and it's our genre. So this could also bump into, like we said earlier, if you're into sports, having someone that will go see it, enjoy it with you. If you're outdoors, the same thing. For me, it's art and film and music. I want to go see shows with people that value music and those artists themselves. Another form of intimacy. Again, we need all these domains matched and met. Thankfully, the world is huge. We can connect to communities online that meet some of these needs. We can have friends or family members that meet some of these needs, maybe a primary partner that meets a few of these needs, but we don't need it in all in one. But these might be some of what's missing if you're feeling like something's unattended to, like there's a part of you that's not being connected to, as though there's a loneliness in some area of your life. It might be that one of these levels of intimacy is just not getting time, care, energy, and attention. So think about those different levels. There's more. So maybe it leads you to a deeper journey of what parts of myself do I wish were engaged that aren't necessarily brought forward or covered in those domains that I, that I listed. That's really what it's about. What parts of me need mirroring? What parts of me need time and attention? Because what, what also isn't necessarily directly on that list was also something like solitude and contemplation. And that's about intimacy with yourself, needing time away from others and stimulus and the world to just sit with yourself where it's not, you know, you're not on your phone, you're not with music, you're not around others, you're not disrupted, you're not disturbed, and you're just connecting with yourself. I think whatever you want to label that as intimacy, that's on a level of solitude, solitude driven, self-reflective intimacy, however you want to look at it. I find a lot of value in that. And I notice its absence if I'm spending too much time around stimulating things and people. If I'm watching too many movies, watching too much music, running too many errands, socializing too much, I can feel that I'm not spending enough alone time with myself and that I need to spend the day on my own hiking, going and sitting on the beach, going and seeing some art, going and listening to some music, sitting, thinking, active imagination, journaling, maybe reading some inspiring things that I stop and I process. 
solitude is another level of intimacy. It's not always about your relationship to others or the world. Again, it's often about a relationship to ourselves. Solo solitude intimacy can also be rooted in masturbation where we're exploring and spending time with ourselves and our body in a pleasurable state. Masturbation's an awesome way to spend time and connect with yourself. Just like sexuality is an awesome way to develop intimacy and time with other. Sex can be intimate. Sex can be spiritual. Sex can be emotional. Sex can just be experiential for fun. It can hit a lot of those different domains, whether with self or other. That's a beautiful part about sex is it's a vehicle and an entry point to different levels of intimacy with the world, self, and others. So check in on that. Tap in on that. Um, all right. We're going to come back. But before we do, DMs later in the show. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us? Wondering about something? Put those questions and topics in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential, helping others as you're helping yourself because a lot of people are probably wondering the same stuff. So again, put those questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of the show because you want to build that stuff in. You go over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Take me on a little bit of a journey with you. Right there, you might get some of the uh, spiritual, emotional or intellectual needs met. Bam, there's a place to do it. Otherwise, y'all stick around and don't go anywhere because we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're just switching gears a tiny bit because we're talking about, in, in a way that I think is really important and was meaningful to me because I was making some connections myself, is all the different domains of intimacy as a way to make sure we're getting these needs met, um, as a way to address what we might want to work on or focus on if we feel as though we're feeling a little lonely or as though there's parts of ourselves that maybe aren't getting enough care and attention. We're not getting that mirroring back. So we talked about all the different domains of intimacy, the physical, the emotional, the intellectual, the spiritual, um, the social experiential, and then also the, the solitude self-reflective parts. So if you want to go back and re-listen, you can go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. All the episodes are there. But I was also thinking about like, as we push forward, what are the ways to try to assess and find out if the people in our lives are the people that want to enter our lives and all the different ways they can are, are some of those individuals. Um, Cause it's not, never about mind reading. We want to let people know who we are and what we need. And I talk on the show a lot about, you know, is our relationship toxic? Um, is our relationship headed towards doom? How do we assess compatibility? How do we figure out if our partner is going to be healthy for us? And so there's a lot of just interesting perspectives and questions we can ask to really suss that out because the research is always showing us healthy relationships are never about uh, similarities or complementary or complementary being complementary. I don't know how you really conjugate that, but more importantly, it's not about similarities or about how they complement us. It's really about emotional intelligence. It's really about people's ability to deal with conflict and difference. And if they're able to create and offer a secure relationship with us, securely attached, consistent, available, reliable, responsive. That's what we're looking for for anyone that's going to be in our lives. That's what creates trust and safety. So, so what are some things we can ask? Well, I want people to always be assessing when they're bringing someone into their lives, what you perceive to be their level of emotional maturity. Always evidenced by how they deal with conflict and differences. That is such a powerful rubric to better understand who someone can be in your life, if they should even be in your life. When things are good, it's easy. So that's part of this. That's part of how we'd figure out they can help us meet the emotional or spiritual intellectual intimacy needs. How mature are they? How emotionally available are they? Meaning if I bring up an emotional based topic or an intellectual topic or something with some depth, like a spiritual based topic, are they, are they able to meet me there? 
are they are they able to match that? Because again, we're looking for one's abilis, um, intimacy compatibility. It's a clunky word. Their capacity to meet that intimacy need. How emotionally mature are they? How much emotional intelligence do they have? Again, evidenced by when we bring material to them, are they able to sit with it, hold space for it? It's important. That's why I want people early on in relationships of all kinds, friends, dating, whatever it is, to bring in emotional material to see how this person sits with it and works with it. Um, what are they like in downtime with you? Another thing that comes up a lot and it becomes more, uh, it, it becomes a, a, a topic that leads to issues down the road that we tend to not worry about in the beginning is do we have similar core values? Because someone's value system is often woven into their expectations, their perspective, how they manage and handle things. And people don't really pay much attention to that. But that's something that's really, really important. It comes up in very, very profound ways, such as you know being on a date or hanging out with a friend and they're rude to the service team, to the host, to the server, to the bartender, to the barista. You're learning about their value system and what I believe is their emotional maturity. Um, anyone that believes some people are more meaningful or deserve more than others don't have a lot of emotional maturity and have what I deem to be a poor value system. You know, celebrities aren't more important or meaningful. Uh, people that are attractive aren't more important or meaningful. Um, the amount of money someone has doesn't make them more important or meaningful. But some people believe that. Oh, they're famous. Oh, they're wealthy. Oh, they're hot. What does that have to do with anything? What matters is what kind of person are they? And we should be treating everyone with kindness and respect regardless. And that's an important part of this. That's how we help ourselves realize, can this person help me meet some of my intimacy needs? Do we have a similar value system? What are they going to be like in different domains? So that's important. Um, another one is always, how do the people in my lives deal with me setting boundaries and expressing a need? I tell people that from the door, when they meet a new friend, or they're moving into new romantic relationship, set a boundary early on, express a need early on, see how they deal with you needing something. How narcissistic and self-centered are they? Are they willing to put themselves out in service of what you need? Even if it's just needing some time from them on the phone or texting to process something. So again, it's conflict and the expression of needs and the setting of boundaries, I believe are the trifecta that really help us understand someone's emotional health. I'm not saying test people, but I'm saying let those things naturally emerge as soon as you can to assess. Our needs pop up immediately. Boundaries also. Conflict sometimes. Again, I don't care if conflict's there. I don't believe, oh, too much conflict too soon. No. How do you manage it? That's what matters. Boundaries. When you tell them, yeah, I can't do that for you. How do they deal with that? I mean, sometimes it's a better way to translate that isn't so much how are they with boundaries? How do they deal with being disappointed and let down? That kind of covers conflict management, a little bit of boundary setting, and even a little bit of the expression of needs. When you say to someone, I know I told you I could be your date to that event, but unfortunately this happened, so I'm letting you down and disappointing you. Here's what I am available for. I, I mean, that's not the best example, but like you want to try to find these situations. Again, naturally, I don't want us to like <laughs> force it, where you get to find out what are, what are they like when times are tough? That helps us determine sustainability. Um, again, I love when someone had their feelings hurt and they go to the other person and say, hey, when you, when you said that the other night, it really let me down or it hurt my feelings. Everything they say and do next helps you determine whether or not they're going to help you get your intimacy needs met, whether they're going to get to be a part of your life, 
whether they're going to have a positive or negative impact on you for having been brought into your life. All of these things coalesce and determine our mental health. Our relational health is our mental health. The people in our lives and their health become our relational health, which becomes our mental health. People matter and impact us. I say that almost once a show at least. Um, all right, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about this. DMs coming soon. So if you got a question, a topic, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And as always, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes. But stick around, more to come. Don't go anywhere. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we're back. And I want to kind of hit the topic of why all of this is even important and how whatever's being requested on a level of intimacy by someone we care about, we are often bumping up against our tolerance, how much we are familiar with, what we have the capacities for, and that's rooted in what you know we've really encountered or experienced up until this point of our lives. If we were raised around chaotic people, we might be able to tolerate less or we might be able to tolerate more. We never know what direction we're going to go. But in healthy relationships with healthy levels of intimacy, we want to always be trying to expand our ability to tolerate more. If your partner likes more intimacy, try to let that be the bar and try to raise yours to meet them where they're at versus asking them to drop down to where you're at. I'm all about a growth model, not a comfort model, saying, I just want to stay where I'm at. Yes, that's your anxiety speaking. We get it. But wouldn't it be better to handle more, especially if that's what's being requested by someone you care about? Because again, we're assessing ourselves first. We can only work on and change ourselves. Uh, we are never trying to change another person, and I don't ever try to help people change others. We have to figure out who we want to be. We have to work on how we want to show up in difficult times. So someone comes to us saying, hey, I love more intellectual intimacy. I love more spiritual intimacy. I'd love to be able to drop down and sit in deeper levels of emotion with you, emotional intimacy. I want you to say, let me try. Let me try to push on my boundaries and my edges to be able to expand and to tolerate that. We're always trying to big, become what I call a bigger container, the ability to hold more, to tolerate more, because that's what life's about. It's not about trying to stay comfortable or trying to stay stuck. Relationships are human growing machines. Parenting and primary relationships are the two dynamics that allow us to grow the most if we are willing to see them as learning lessons. It shows us where our work is. Talk about that all the time. So intimacy is something that we often have, again, a tolerable amount it's a window, window of tolerance. We always want to be pushing on that, expanding it, making it larger, being able to hold more. So check on those, check in on those domains. Which ones seem hard for you? It's not just about what's missing. Which ones are difficult? Emotions, the intellectualism, the spiritual, the experiential, the physical. And then try to find moments where you can push yourself to step into practicing being able to handle and tolerate more. It's not just going to be meaningful for your partner and those around you. It's also important and meaningful for you. But we have, to, we have to identify where the work is, right? We talk about that all the time. We have to know what our work is so we can identify when we're in a moment where it can be done. Sometimes we have to seek it. Sometimes we have to create it. We also want to just be aware of when it's happening. And then we step into that. We have to just at least have the willingness. The willingness to be made to feel a little anxious, a tolerable amount of anxiety is what we need to know that we're growing. If we're always staying comfortable, we're not growing. We know we're growing when there's just a little bit of anxiety, a manageable amount of anxiety. Too much will overwhelm and flood and traumatize. Not enough will keep us as we are. Growth requires just the right amount. And luckily, we live in a world... <laughs> 
around a lot of different individuals where throughout the course of a general day or week, we're going to be giving a lot of opportunities to challenge ourselves to grow and to be better. I am a transformation junkie. I seek partnerships and relationships where I can transform and be transformed. I like to have people around me that can challenge me and help me grow. I don't like to stay stuck, always trying to push my bar. And so I seek out those moments, those people, and those opportunities. I try to bring that in. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the most evolved person in the room because then there's nowhere to go. That's ego. That's fragility. So I try to put myself in situations around people where I can learn, transform, and be challenged. But within that tolerable level of anxiety so that I'm not traumatized or overwhelmed, which has occurred. Being thoughtful about it. Being intentional about it. It's a gift we give ourselves. It's also a gift we give our partners, you know, because again, as I say, and I've said on a few other shows in the past, we're looking for relationships that have a workability where we know that that person's willing to grow along with us. And then we know we're not going to stay static or stuck. It's one of the key characteristics we should seek in a partner, that workability thing. I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that because I think that that's, it's a word I'm developing. So I'm kind of trying to workshop what that means. But again, it's about emotional intelligence. It's about interest in challenge and growth and transformation. It's about being with people that know that there's work to do and want to do the work. Um, it's, it's about being around people that are open to lovingly being called in versus called out, right? Calling out is harsh and embarrassing and cancel culture. Calling in is lovingly saying to someone, here's what I'm noticing. Here's where some work might need to be done. We want to be in relationships where we can tolerate and handle that because they're safe. We have to work towards that, but we want to have those people in our lives, people that will point things out to us, let us know we've hurt them or let them down. Um, okay. So when we come back, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, something you want answered, always anonymous, always confidential, put those questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise you can put topics in there too. But if you want to check out past episodes of the show, because you want to do some unlearning and relearning, it's all about that repetition. You want to head over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. All of the shows are there. You can check out all sorts of stuff. Um, otherwise though, your work is to go nowhere because we got a whole lot more to come. Um, yep, we'll be doing those DMs. So stick around for that. All right. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris absolutely love you by the way your advice is just so game-changing i take you on my daily walks my dog walks and whenever i put time aside for self-care as you are part of my self-care routine oh that means a lot i love being a part of people's journeys when you're walking your dog and doing self-care thank you for incorporating me incorporating me in there um all right here's a question you said i've been married for five years congrats it's a long time well done i'm sure it's been a journey (laughs) hopefully you've learned a lot about yourself and with my partner for 10 years. Oh, beautiful. I adore him. He's very good at meeting my needs. What a beautiful thing to be able to say, you know, that whatever needs you've had or you've expressed, your partner's like, I care about you. I'm on it. Maybe that's a little tip I want to throw in there. <laughs> when someone you claim to care about expresses needs, if you are unwilling to, to, to provide those, ask yourself why. What is that about? Do I have something to work through? Do I no longer love them? Or is the need just outside of the realm of reasonability? But like really ask yourself why you'd want to withhold that from someone you care about. Anyway, uh, you said during the pandemic, he's gained a lot of weight, but it makes no difference to me. I still find him incredibly attractive. And that's a beautiful thing. When you truly love someone, you love them and you always see them in whatever vehicle they have, which is what our bodies, our bodies a vehicle, that's it. It's not our worth, it's not our beauty. Um, you value them. And that's a true sign of love that it's, that transfers from body shape and size to body shape and size. Because as we age, as we go through life, as we deal with disability and illness and all sorts of things, our body's going to shift and change. We, we need people that are healthy enough to love us through all of that. We can't promise (laughs) that the body we have now is the body we'll have then. Anywho, back to it all you said, uh, but I've noticed he's lost confidence. See, this is what's sad because we live in a world where we are told that we have to look a certain way to feel hot or sexy or desirable or attractive. And it's really hard to challenge that. And that's why we have to be very thoughtful about what we're listening to, what we're looking at, what we're following, and really trying to protect ourselves from toxic messaging, which is very hard because it's everywhere. I hear it at the supermarket. I see it on billboards. I hear it in songs. I see it on TV. It's exhausting. you know. And that's why I'm always trying to push back on that. Um, 
Yeah, you said he doesn't like to take selfies, prefers to keep his shirt on during intimate moments. I've said to him many times that I love his body at any size, but he's still self-conscious. How can I support him? I mean, to answer your question directly, how can you support him? You're doing all you can do. You are understanding in a beautiful way that people's self-worth and self-esteem and body esteem is a reflection back to them. It isn't an inside job. Again, I hate when people are like, oh, you have to learn to love yourself no matter what. It's an inside job. No, it's not. No, it's not. Our self-worth and our sense of desirability is a reflection back. People, people, for, it's an internalization and an accumulation of what we've been told. Yeah, we are not closed systems. We are open systems. We are connected to what culture is telling us. We are, we compare 100%. So you're doing the best you can do. So if your question is just really, is there any more I can do? No, you're reflecting back that he has worth and value. Sadly, the work is going to fall on him to really close doors around incoming messaging to the best he can and to try to live from a place of confidence until it catches up but you are doing the best you can. We unfortunately live in a world that will not allow people that have differently abled bodies, queer bodies, fat identified bad bodies, all sorts of things to feel desirable and attractive. I have clients in my office that are talking about height requirements for people they're dating, weight requirements. I mean, it is a bummer, it is sad. We've reduced people down to the vehicle that their body is. Do the work on a macro level like I am while loving him on a micro level like you are and Unfortunately, some of us won't be able to heal to the extent we wish because of the culture we live in. And that's a bummer. Help him find, help him find community that is, that is like him and looks like him that can help boost him up. That is going to be important. Help him read as hard as it is body positive literature. So he has some good messaging coming in, maybe some fat rights stuff. There's a lot of amazing activists on social media and podcasts. He needs to drown himself in body positive and fat rights material to quiet down the messaging that he's getting literally from every other media source. And to those listening, be better. This person shouldn't have to feel bad. Be better. Get the fat phobia out of your mouth. Stop posting weight loss pictures as though there's something better about losing weight. No. Get rid of all of that. Let's be more body positive. We all need that. All right, y'all. We got to go. Thanks for hanging out with me. We'll be back tomorrow. Join us then. Y'all have a great rest of your night. Be kind to yourself and those around you. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 